Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Today on the show, I want to share with you some amazing digital solutions that were sent to me from a mum called Lee in Australia. So Lee, if you're listening, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. These are a few lessons learned from her. She is a 22-year-old who has done nothing but game for six years. And she has shared very vulnerably. She shared this in Facebook, so it was public. I have reached out to her and I've asked her if she would be okay with me sharing it with you because I think she... She has so much wisdom and 22 years of experience with a boy who was gaming quite extensively for six years. He also had anxiety and um, she has learned a lot from it. So when I reached out to her, she said, absolutely, you can share my name, you can share my, my views. So thank you again, Lee, for sharing this with you because I think it'll be valuable for all you listeners who are struggling in particular with boys who are gaming. Now it's not to say that you can't this doesn't it's not to say this doesn't translate to girls who are on social media. If you can see it for all it is, you'll get nuggets out of it regardless of how old your kids are, what sex they are, what they're doing online. The fact of the matter remains the online world and virtual world is a highly addictive place for our kids. And all these programs are set up in such a way that they are that they they trap kids because of the addictive nature, the timing of everything, the the the, the seconds that it takes before this the screen moves, before a person does something. It's all calculated. They have psychologists working on this stuff. So it is, it is very, very hard for kids to, to get out of. It's like us watching a Netflix show and they leave you hanging at the end of the show. So you want to watch the next one and we find we've been binge watched five episodes. It's 2 a.m. in the morning and we're like, holy shit, I have to get up in the morning and it's midweek. What was I thinking? Well, you weren't thinking. You were hooked into the addictive nature and exactly why and how these playwrights, film rights, TV script writers and digital media game writers and Instagram, the psychologists that work for Instagram, they're doing it for a reason and it works. So we need some compassion for these kids because it is highly addictive. So I'll stop rambling there and I will share her seven points. One, I used to let him game to stay connected to friends, but wish now I didn't put so much weight on the need for that. Initially, it's hard work for their friendships, but eventually they will find other friends who are not gaming all the time and only talking about that. And don't let them tell you everyone else does it. Generally, it's not true. 
And, you know, there's so many points in this. I could do a whole podcast just on this piece. But your kids will always tell you that everyone else does it and that everyone's mum is the strictest and your mum is the strictest. Um, they will all tell you that, so don't fall for it. And I, I, I experienced this when my eldest was young, young as well because we didn't have a game centre. We've never had a game centre or whatever they call them, stations for, for kids to game. And when my eldest, who's now 19, he must have been, he was certainly in primary school, so he was on, in grade probably two, grade one or two. And so he was six or seven. And I heard kids in the playground saying, well, we're not going to his house because it's so boring because he doesn't have, we can't game there. And I could have succumbed to that and I could have gone and got the game station, the console, but I didn't want to. And you know what? Yes, there were times where the, the kids didn't come to our house, but there were plenty of times they did. And he went to their houses and he would game when he went there, but he didn't game when he came home. He gamed, but not, not to the extent where there was, you know, the designated gaming stations. So if you feel against it, stick with your intuition. Don't go against that. Because uh, this mum wishes she hadn't put so much weight on the need for her son to be connected to friends regardless, whether it was in the real world or the, or the virtual world. She wanted that. So she feels she, she made her bed, so to speak. Point two, I have friends whose kids are now 25, 22 and 19. So she thinks the iPods entered the scene when those kids were 16 and they grew up with no mobile phones, no gaming consoles, no social media, one desktop computer for the family. And as a family, they're so tight. Sorry about that. I thought I'd silence my phone and a text just came in. In fact, I did silence my phone, but I'm sitting in front of my laptop reading these notes. And my text came into my laptop, so I switched that off now. So they had, you know, that was very much the, the situation back then in the good old days. And she said, these kids are the most well-adjusted, happiest kids I know. So we're, again, she's generalizing here. And the, these kids could have had games, could have had social media and could still be well-adjusted and happy kids. So we can't prove that their lifestyle contributed to them being well-adjusted and happy. But I think her point is that there were other things in these kids' lives and, and that we have to make sure that there are other things in our kids' lives as well, that it's not, everything's not just centred around the virtual world. Point three is a fact. Gaming releases happy chemicals in the brain and the kids get addicted to those chemicals. And then they feel blah. She went cranky, depressed, anxious when not gaming, getting the hit. She also mentions that kids with ADHD who have low levels of the chemicals anyway she's right there, are particularly prone to addiction to gaming and getting that hyper-focus where that's all they think about. So we don't, they don't get, the ADHD kids don't get the hyper-focus from the gaming. ADHD kids have hyper-focus. The fact it's called attention deficit is, is, a, is an incorrect label for it because kids with ADHD are very hyper-focused. So the problem with gaming is they can really hyper-focus on the games. I won't get sidetracked into the ADHD thing. But it does release happy chemicals. That's why they love being on it. And that's why when they come off it, they crash. Nothing. It's just the same as if we eat a ton of sugary food. We feel great for a while and then we crash. We, we have a lot of caffeine. We feel great. We don't get the caffeine. We, we don't feel good. 
Point, point four, boys tend not to be overly social in middle school years. So gaming fills the gap for many, especially if they're not sporty. I would agree with that. Kids who have little other issues going on seem to come out the other end of gaming obsession around 17 when a real social life takes off and girls enter the picture. <laughs> girls can be good for all you mums and boys. Girls can be great. They can definitely be a distraction and a positive distraction if it gets our boys off their games. But it's all about balance. And, you know, not all kids are sporty, but we have to make sure that the non-sporty ones are still being active and still getting outside and still socialising because a lot of sporting activities is becomes the social life. So if they're not partaking in that, how could you find ways for them to be more social in non-sporty activities and things they do enjoy doing? And it's hard when all they enjoy doing is gaming or robotics or things that involve computers. So helping them maintain their social focus in the middle school years, in all years, is really important. In fact, I read an article on Facebook about game, about social media in the middle school years, which I think I will focus a podcast on as well. Point five. Yes, it's a constant battle, isn't it just? She says, I'm not sure how to address this. She says, I did really badly at keeping up the fight as my older son was obsessive and relentless in his pressure. So can you see how she's beating herself up about this? She feels guilty. She probably says, I should have done something different. As soon as we should on ourselves, there's guilt. Lee, you did your best. Everyone else, Lee did her best. Just like you're doing your best. We all have the best of intentions. And at times, this wears us down. It gets to us. It's a constant battle. But if we keep up the fight the fight will continue. So we have to find ways to set the limits, hold the limits, deal with the pushback so that we're not engaged in a battle all the time. We're not engaged in the futility of the battle. Point six, it's easier to manage if you have programs on the modem that automatically switch off access at certain times. And I agree with her here. And I think it has got to the point where these uh, switching off Wi-Fi is really the only thing you can do. <clears throat> For younger kids, I think it's great because you can switch it off. It takes you out of the, the argument. It's, the, it's the, um, the timer that's gone off. It's the Wi-Fi that's gone off. So it, it's good in that way. The only negative thing that I see with these, these devices, there's one called the circle, is that it prevents kids from developing the capacity to be able to self-regulate and come off their devices when they feel they need to or when they know the limit is the 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 they've reached the end of the runway they've they've reached the limit so i think it's a bit of both so it's really important for us to help our children understand how they feel when they've been on it for an hour or two hours what does that feel like what does it look like how does their behavior change so that they know when is enough is enough. That's what we want them to know. We want our kids to know when is enough enough. If we're always there to tell them or a, a device is there to switch it off, what happens when we're not there? What happens when the, the, that, that switch off is not there? What happens when they go to college and they're in a room on, at college and there's no one telling them to come off it? They have to know for themselves when enough is enough. Point seven. 
If you know the parents of your kids' friends, you can coordinate a response together where they all have to get to play at the same time and for limited periods, or even just with a couple of his besties. I think this is a really key piece. And I think, you know, back in the back in the day when my eldest was seven, which is 12 years ago now, well, nearly 12, um, if, I'd, if I'd said, hey, uh, let's let's all play at the same time or let's limit it. A lot of the mums would have looked at me as if I was crazy because it wasn't really as pervasive then as it is now. Yes, it was as addictive, but it hadn't leaked into every single minute of every day. There weren't smartphones yet. So I think now it's got to the stage where most parents are going to be happy if they hear you say, hey, let's can, can we just all, you know, all these guys are friendly how about we all collaborate on what seems reasonable so that when they talk with each other, they're all receiving roughly the same limits. If you can find a group of friends or your friends, parents are open, then run it by them. Who's, maybe it will work. Maybe they'll all be just like, hallelujah, why didn't we think of this earlier? So Lee, this is a great idea. And I think it, it's something that, you know, I, if my kids were younger, and they were into gaming. I'd have absolutely tried this with a few of the 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 parents of the of the friends of my my boy my my kids. So she finishes off her thing by saying, "The bottom line for me is I wasn't hard line enough, and I cared too much about his social life and not enough about his overall well being. I wish I could go back in time and be that tough hard line mum." And I'm sure, Lee, if I was speaking to you on the podcast, you would say you didn't mean you you don't mean a tough hard line mum mum. I'm reading between the lines here and I'm saying that you wished that you had been firmer with the with the boundaries and not not given in on the pushback and also recognized that the importance of friends in the real world outside of gaming were uh, to be certainly prioritized and balanced with those that he was he was finding socially online. So be easy with yourselves, mums, if you're listening. Be kind with yourself. Be compassionate. This is a huge problem. It's a gigantic, enormous, ongoing, constant challenge that we are all facing today in the world with our kids. And we have to be really good at how we're managing it. And I think it's getting to the stage now where parents are realizing, hey, I, I have to take charge here. But I also have to help my my kids learn when enough is enough. So Lee, thank you so much for sharing this. This is a slightly longer episode than usual, but I wanted to get through it. And if you have any questions or any um, points that you'd like to make relative to this in relation to what I've discussed, then please do email me. And um, till next time on the show, I wish you a happy day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. And don't forget, if you need anything, you can email me. And if you have found this helpful and you think other friends and family might find it helpful, share it with them. Let's spread the word. Let's help more parents out there deal with this very, very real challenge. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look 
at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar, guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organiser for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.